Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to Never Heard of It, a Night Shift Radio original. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review if you're so inclined. For more information, visit nightshiftradio.com. So I'm on a bit of a journey. Okay. I'm on a bit of a journey. And uh, I'll, I'll start by saying that none of the uh, the following is sponsored content, but it could be. But it could be. Uh, so, Michael, I can't remember if I had told you... Um, but a while back, I, I I really like bought into the whole idea that like the direct to consumer subscription services, uh, living in various cities and uh, being car free and stuff like that. It just it it was convenient, but a lot of them were also just like fun and clever and quirky. And I got excited about you know, picking these over like established you know corporate brands and whatnot. You know how it is, sure. Uh, you know, a lot of the same type of companies that tend to sponsor podcasts, hint, hint. Um, mm. But, uh, you know, a, a while, while back, I, I got sold on uh, Dollar Shave Club, mostly because their their commercials in the beginning were fucking dope. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I've posted about this on, on Twitter. Um, I wish that I had paid attention to the point at which uh, they sold to Unilever, uh, you oh. know, one of, the, one of the biggest fucking mega conglomerates out there. Um, but I have a hunch that that's also right around the time that their quality went massively downhill mm. and they went from like a pretty decent, inexpensive razor to just absolute trash, uh, with just the spammiest, shittiest sales practices and whatnot. Uh, I just, I got really fucking annoyed with them and I always had way too many because I don't, I don't shave often enough, uh, to really burn through them. Like you probably are supposed to. Uh, all that said, I, I finally reached the end of my supply like two years after canceling. <laughs> and I was like, I keep thinking about how like I'm, I've, I've spent most of my adult life chasing that high that I got the first time I, I bought a, uh, it was the, the Gillette Mach 3 Turbo. Uh, I bought it at, at a, a local Walmart when I was selling cell phones for Singular in like 2002 or some shit. Nice. I don't even remember. Uh, and like, it was like the best shave I'd ever had in my life. I mean, mind you, I was like 20, so I hadn't had very many. But uh, <laughs> for someone who started growing facial hair at like 12, it, you know, it's kind of a big deal to... To, to have one that works. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, like basically ever since I, I stopped using that or even like after like a couple iterations and the quality of that went down, like I've just, I've never gotten that good of a shave again. And so my, my goal was to just try a bunch of different razors 
until I, I find one that gives me like that quality of shave is you know reasonably priced and I don't feel too shitty about buying it, about, about giving the, the company money. And so I, I, I did kind of a, a quick selection of, of three from the, uh, the drugstore yesterday. I figure I'll, I'll try at least five before I make up my mind. Uh, cause this feels like a commitment. You know, I've, I have a lot of facial hair, very thick, coarse facial hair. Uh, and so I started with a, uh, a Harry's. Okay. Uh, a, a five, made from five German blades, um, <laughs> which uh, feels like, I don't know, like an ice hockey team or something like that. The, the, or like a really badass like martial arts film, The Five German Blades. Oh, my God. I want that movie now. <laughs> I need it. Um, and I will say, uh, I- initial impression, uh, it, the first pass with the grain one of the best that I've ever had. Uh, it just ripped right through the, the hair like like it was nothing. Uh, and like I probably maybe could have settled for just a single pass. Like you know, they always say shave with the grain, and I'm like whoever made up that you know rule uh, obviously never had a real beard. You can't <laughs> you can't just shave with the grain. Anyway, I might have been able to actually get away with that, but I'm I'm determined to get a smooth close shave like the commercials always promised me right uh um, the selling point yeah and so I, I i flipped it around and I, I went against the grain and i will say on the positive side it is the smoothest shave that i have had in a very long time um i cannot remember how long it's been since i had these like this few like rough patches or places that i missed or like you know no matter how much time i spent like hacking away and all the corners and everything, there's always, like, patches left. Oh, I hate that. Yep. But, like, none of that this time. Now, mind you, it tore my face to shreds. I was bleeding like crazy when <laughs> I was done. But it was the closest fucking shit. Now, mind you, I had no skin on my face, but there was also no hair. <laughs> uh, I, I, I looked like I just made out with a Cenobite. <laughs> Pain is pleasure. <laughs> Uh, I, so I actually use Harry's, uh, those, that's, uh, my razor of choice for, um, I shave, uh, my arms because both, both of my arms, I have full sleeves on both my arms. I don't really have like, uh, like body hair is not really a thing that runs in my family. Um, so I don't really have a lot, but I didn't like the hair on my arms over top of the tattoos. Cause a lot of them, I was that like, I pay a lot of fucking money for these things. I don't want hair. So I started shaving, but I don't, I don't really have a lot of body hair to begin with. So it isn't like. I'm not really shape, you know, where it's, you know, like you're, you're, you have thicker hair than I do. Like your beard is bigger. You know, mine is very patchy and thin and like, that's just the type of body, body and facial hair I have. So yeah, yeah Harry's works great for me. Uh, I've been a very <laughs> big fan and they're cheap. They're only like $9, uh, anywhere between seven to $9 and you get a couple of razors and they last forever. But it came with this cool little thing that, like, you put it in, like, it closes. Yeah. It has, like, vent strips so, like, it can dry, but, like, it closes to keep you safe from the blade. I like that because I always, like, I keep my razor in, like, a travel bag, like a toiletry travel bag. But I'm always a little nervous reaching in the bag for it. Like, I'm kind of like, this is going to be the day. Like, surprise, you just grab the fucking blades. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> just like, ah, bloody hands. Ready, ready to start your life of crime because you ain't got fingerprints anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be very helpful when scaling uh, fences into crypto zoos. Oh! And that being said, hello and welcome to the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fight, <laughs> And I am not high enough for this. <laughs> no fucking kid. I don't do drugs. 
and I wanted to be on drugs to watch this. This is another one of those movies where I'm watching and I'm like, I bet you this movie's fucking amazing if I was high as balls. <laughs> uh, so uh, a couple quick things as, as we get started on today's episode. Uh, we're continuing with the theme where uh, a couple weeks ago I looked at my uh, my Hulu subscription, which was about to run out, and thought, what movies on here have I been wanting to watch that just look really cool that if if I let my subscription lapse, which, spoiler alert, I did renew it, um, <laughs> uh, if I let my subscription lapse, what would I miss out on? Uh, and I, I made a list of those. And this actually is a movie that you picked for the list because we had done, uh, uh, we started with, with Ride the Eagle with Jake Johnson, and we just covered The Sunlit Night with Jenny Slate. Uh, and you're like, well, like Cryptos, it was also on Hulu. And I was like, fuck, I forgot about that movie. Uh, so we are, we're covering this this film today that is very, very throwback animation style, very uh, throwback story style. It's very like uh, late mid 20th century like anti-war uh, sentiments and whatnot. Like there's there's a lot that feels like this was lifted straight out of like the 60s, 70s uh, counterculture and just presented to us today. Like somebody pulled it out of a vault. Yeah. Uh, is really how this feels. Uh, and I watched some of this type of, of movie growing up, uh, obviously as, as, a, as a young lad, without any world experience to reference from, and certainly without any illegal substances to enhance the experience, <laughs> and thought like, this shit's fucking weird. It's fucking weird. Uh, it, as, I, as I watched the trailer for CryptoZoo, I was like, you know what? The, the best possible way to experience this movie, I understand now, I understand. The best possible way to experience this would be to get high as shit before watching it. Yeah. Because like, like, I, can, I can imagine how the, the use of color and movement and sound would really like get into your brain. Now, of course, that's not the best way to report, record a podcast episode. No. Uh, I will tell you from, uh, from personal experience, it is not the ideal way to be on mic having a conversation. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. sure what it's like on the other side of that equation, but I can tell you what it, it's not ideal from, from my end. So I did not uh, get the, the appropriate level of high before watching this movie, but I probably should have. Yeah, I you know in the in the movie even signals you to do so because one of the very first things that happens in the movie aside from weird uh, cartoon sex is uh, they get they get high as shit seemingly right I I assume oh. that's what they're doing oh you mean man at arms with his dick out <laughs> yeah. passing the joint fucking <laughs> <laughs> man at get. tell me that wasn't that man totally at arms. was. That was a hundred percent. Oh my god! Yeah. So, uh, so this movie, one of the top billing uh, actors from this movie is is Michael Sarah, who plays the the character we're referencing, uh, Man at Arms. He is really only in the first couple of minutes of the movie. Yeah. And then he is immediately killed off, uh, which I think is uh, both hilarious and fitting. Um, uh huh. Uh, you know, no, no hate to Michael Sarah. Uh, he's in some of my favorite films, but you know. Uh, this movie, okay, I, I have to get this out before I forget because I almost forgot again just now. The the best, if if someone said, tell me CryptoZoo in one sentence, I would say Jurassic Park on a bad acid trip. Yes. <laughs> yes, that is 100% accurate. That is absolutely... 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's and you know, you mentioned the the art style. I, I when I watched this movie, so uh, in full disclosure, I saw the 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 poster crypto zoo with the with the drawing and stuff like that i saw the description and i saw who was in it and i was like i'm sold i didn't look mm -hmm. at anything else so i did not know this was an animated film until very recently until just before we were we had, we had already chosen it and we were about to watch because i was like yo lake bell uh michael sarah uh go hunting mm -hmm. cryptids like why yeah. the fuck is nobody talking about this movie? Why is why wasn't this like a huge movie? And now I understand. And it, it, the the art style reminded me of like watching the Hobbit uh, animated show yeah. or like the Last Unicorn. Like that's the that Last kind Unicorn of like pencil drawn weirdness. Yeah, I got some Wizards vibes from this, oh, which oh, totally. we've talked about so many times. We've got to cover that movie sometime. Yeah, like, even if like even if I have to to buy it, like we have to cover that movie because that is like. That was a a huge part of my childhood trauma. <laughs> was growing up with this just bizarre dystopic anti-war animated film that I didn't understand at all, but just loved because it was a cool cartoon. Yeah, yeah. So th this movie starts off with uh, Michael Sarah's character Matthew, and uh, well, it went too far. And uh, who was it? Louisa Krauss. Louisa Krauss, Louisa Krauss. Oh, as Amber. As, yep. as Amber, yeah. And uh, Louisa Krauss, who, uh, again, animated, and they're just kind of wandering through this forest, and then they decide to just get butt-ass naked and bone. Um, so, you know, as we've mentioned, uh, this is, uh, uh, so content warning, uh, I don't really recall, no, maybe there was swearing, I believe. Uh, there was swearing, there's a shitload of cartoon a, nudity. A lot of cartoon nudity and a lot of cartoon sex. Uh, mm -hmm. graphic sex, full penetration, you know, animated type deal. Um, and some, some cartoon drug use. And some cartoon drug use, yeah. And cartoon violence. Lots of cartoon violence. Lots of cartoon violence. And uh, in real life, lots of probable drug use uh, in oh. writing and making this movie. 100%. Yeah. Uh, this definitely is is uh, the type of movie that is made by a person uh, who has the name Dash Shaw. <laughs> Because like Ellen said the same thing, right? Like she's you, like, of, of course it was someone named Dash. Dash, of course his name is fucking Dash. And the best thing about it is like his name is Dashaw, so like it's Dashaw, you know? <laughs> like that's of course this, that's this guy's name. What a fucking weirdo. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Do do your art, man. You know we're all for it. So so the beginning of the movie, Amber and uh, Matthew. Uh, they start boning, right? They uh, they have sex. And the thing is, is like, Caleb's right. The guy looks exactly like Man at Arms, but with Michael Sarah's voice. So, like, it does not, <laughs> like, he's this big, like, red-headed, like, dude. Like, and he's all hairy, and he's, like, you know, manly looking. And then he's like, hi, guys, I'm Michael Sarah. You know, <laughs> like, I have a high voice. I get it. I, this isn't shaming on Michael Sarah, but it was just the choice it's of animation. Right. It was just very, like, what? <laughs> it reminded My, me of that scene in Pee-wee's Big Adventure uh, when he finally gets to the Hollywood lot and he and he stops the, uh, uh, the like, L.A., you know, the, like, Las Vegas dancer girl, and she's like, oh, yeah, uh, lot 76. Uh, hey, Stuart, where, where's that one? And then the Roman soldier stops and he goes, uh, oh, yeah, that one is uh, over there. <laughs> and it's just, you know, it was just a funny bit. Uh, that sort of reminded me of, because I was like, you don't fucking sound like that. Yeah. <laughs> Like, come on. 
<laughs> oh my god, it's just like hippieing it up too. Oh You're yeah. Like, oh, I, well, this babe. this took place seemingly in the seventies. I think nineteen sixty seven was on the calendar hanging in the uh, the army douchebags wall. Okay, because I know office, that um, uh, Lauren Gray tells the story of the the Baku, and she says that you know uh, my fam like we had just left post World War II. We were stationed, you know, my dad. I was an army brat. We were stationed in Germany, uh, you know, or in uh, in Japan. Only a few yeah. years later. Um, so it was definitely, I knew it was not now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was, yeah. it was way back when, um, yeah. So, so they do it, they get high as fuck. They're kind of chilling in the woods and, uh, there's actually a really funny, uh, thing where he's like, oh, I love your, your face and oh, I love your body and I love your skin. And she's like, tell me something not physical you like about me. And he was like, oh, um, <laughs> I like your imagination. I was like, all right, that was a good save. She was like, yeah. And then they totally, they, they do it in the woods. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. He's like, you know, like everything's cool. We're in nature. Nothing can hurt us. And she's like, actually a lot of things in nature can hurt us. <laughs> Pretty like, bad. The worst things that can hurt you are in nature. <laughs> she's like, have you ever heard of wolves? <laughs> she's like, oh, wolves. Yeah, we should get a dog, babe. <laughs> <laughs> oh god and like the worst part about this is that like i know this couple and like i see this the whole scenario go through and i'm like oh that's fucking those people like i'm mm -hmm. not gonna name them and who's like <laughs> they're just tiring yeah. <laughs> they're those people uh they are. yeah and so michael Sarah, as all stupid men uh do is like they're they're wandering and they're they're trying to like get the forest uh or trying to get their like little fire kind of going more and he is like yeah let's go oh weird look at this it's like an 80 foot tall fence i know i'll scale it which it wasn't electrified I, it, it looks just like the fence in jurassic park it again was, yeah this is this is Jurassic Park. This is Jurassic Park, but <laughs> unicorns. But yeah, he just climbs right up and no no big deal. Like balls are swinging. Yeah, uh, like you do. Yeah, and uh, but he kept his just... socks on, so there was oh, a little true. bit of monicum of safety. He he had he at least had his feet protected. <laughs> right. Oh god! Uh, and of course, like he convinces her to to follow him. Uh, just also ass out over the fence. Yep. Uh, and they find themselves in this magical world. Like, there's a castle, babe. It's like Walt Disney's home. <laughs> it's a fucking like, like, like stone tower. That it's like a very, looks ominous, very ominous. Yeah, like, like you're waiting for Sauron's eye to appear above this tower. Like, it is not a welcoming. Like, Rapunzel doesn't live in that tower, but like her dead body does. Like, that's <laughs> that's the type of energy that tower gave off. <laughs> <laughs> so, so over the fence they go and uh of course the very first thing that they run into is a fucking unicorn yeah which yeah and it's magical matt matt is stoned out of his mind sure. like just wants to pet the unicorn and uh amber is wisely saying maybe don't maybe yeah. we should go we should definitely leave there's like something's not right here and Matt uh, senses a little aggression from the unicorn or a little like hesitance and like starts to step back. He, you know, he's smart here, 
But he trips on a rock that goes flying into the unicorn's face. And the unicorn fucking stabs him. Yep. Just impales him straight over the head, like Mortal Kombat style, lifts him up in the air as he's like, glut, 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 and then tosses oh, him aside. And of this course, is the moment you realize that this movie is going to be fucking brutal. It's going to be super fucked up. So Amber freaks out and she grabs a stick and starts beating at the unicorn's legs, uh, to which she breaks the unicorn's legs. The unicorn falls to the ground. It's got bloody bones stumps hanging out and it's you know whimpering matt's dying she gets all weird and, and like upset and she takes a rock and smashes the unicorn's oh, skull in, and you it's see all of it it was terrible <laughs> animated brains yeah animated brains oozing out amber's full ass naked still covered in blood uh as she smashes this unicorn's head now Listen, I guess because this movie took place in 1967, they didn't have the forethought, but like the first thing that happens in the movie Legend with Tom Cruise is the woman goes to touch a unicorn and he's like, no, don't fucking touch unicorns. Like humans aren't allowed to touch unicorns. Like it'll only bring evil. She touches the unicorn and literally evil happens for the rest of the movie all because she touched the unicorn. Like don't... This is your lesson. This is two movies in a row. Don't fucking touch unicorns if you see them in the wild. I if if movies teach you anything, it is that factually unicorns should not be touched. That is what mm. I've learned from this. You know, we should have had Ethan on as a uh, as a cryptid. <laughs> we expert. really should have. Yeah, like we. I, I'm I'm actually a little disappointed in us for for doing this episode on cryptids without uh, without Ethan. Although I will say that uh, it, it's a bit pedantic. I'll admit. But the the bulk of the the uh, creatures that are mentioned or shown in this movie, uh, I wouldn't consider cryptid so much as just mythological. Yeah, and they they kind of in the dialogue they kind of toe that line a few times, uh, but they're constantly referred to as cryptids, and I I thought that was a little odd. But she doesn't just touch the unicorn; she doesn't even just kill the unicorn brutally. She then snaps its horn off and like wears it as a trophy around her neck like ties it to it like a necklace and wears it i she continues I think, wearing it for the rest of the movie i think amber is going through some things amber and is definitely going through some things. and i think i think this was all a metaphor for the inner hatred that she was feeling as a woman in the 60s uh and not being able to be free and frustration you know because matt uh, describes his uh, dream. He was like, yeah, I had a dream that we stormed the Capitol building and I was like, okay, hang on. Oh, I was like, this is a little buddy. prescient. Uh, we need to chill. <laughs> like When I first saw that, I was like, wait, I thought this movie was set in like the 60s. Right, me too. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is awkward. And he was like, and then yeah, we killed those capitalist pigs. And I'm like, okay, go on. All right. <laughs> all right. We're 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 okay. And then he was like, and then everybody lived equally and free. And I'm like, all right. Uh, all right, Matt, but like <laughs> you couldn't even handle a unicorn, my dude. Like you aren't toppling any governments anytime soon. You can't even. You tripped over a rock and you died. ain't it, buddy. <laughs> right, you ain't it. Like you're not. You're not the storm, the capital, and wind type. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Turns out most people aren't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <get 'em. laughs> yeah, there was a uh, there is a very strong connection to how Matt looks in the movie to other people who attempted <laughs> to uh, and ability wise storm the capital. <laughs> and, like 
Well, so this movie was released in 2021. Yeah. Uh, which means that there's a, a fair chance. Uh, when was it? It was released in August of 2021, which means that there was a, a almost 100% chance that Dash Shaw was well aware of the uh, implications of using the phrase storm the Capitol yeah. when he wrote this movie. I, well, at least after he released it, because I think uh, this movie, if I saw correctly in the credits, even though it's not listed on D- IMDb, I think it actually was made in 2020, but didn't get a release until 2021. But still. Still. But still. That would have been but, one you know, where like, hey, we can go back and maybe redo that part of that scene. <laughs> And you know what? He could still do it because, I mean, the worldwide gross is still only 37, well, just under $38,000, oh, which means that not that many people have seen it. Yeah. They're, Dash, my guy, there's still time. There's still time. You can you can go through and fix it. It'll be fine. I mean, you know. Like, you don't even have to change the movie. Just literally edit that one line to maybe use something a little less, like... Incendiary than yeah, <laughs> yeah recent, uh, <laughs> relevant than storm the capital. Right, right, yeah. Anyway, I mean, Dash, you do you. So or, I don't even don't, know. Actually, I don't even know if the world's going to exist when this episode comes out. So what the fuck do I care? <laughs> <laughs> I, so I learned. I don't know if this is a hundred percent a true fact, but a few people have claimed that I people that I trust have claimed to have done the research for this. So one. Uh, shout out to the Ukraine uh, as as a, uh, a whose ancestors not that far back, only like two generations back, were Ukrainian Jews, full on, you know, support Ukraine and all that. And the the president of the Ukraine is a comedian, mm-hmm. a Ukrainian Jewish comedian who then became the president who is fight who was at the time fighting on the front lines current like when recording this episode uh, a few weeks ago uh, to those listening. Uh, but also is the voice of Paddington in the Ukrainian version of Paddington. That's amazing. Like, <laughs> what a fucking legend. <laughs> like, what an icon. Like, he's he's like, oh, hey, one of the largest countries uh, in Asia, uh, aside from China, invaded my country. I'm going to go fight on the front lines. I'm going to tell a bunch of jokes. And I'm still going to release a bunch of videos of me holding a gun and armor being like, I wish a fucker would. <laughs> like, yeah, like, real, real talk. I saw one of the, the um, photos of him in like uniform, like heading to the front. And I was like, wait a second. Is that Jeremy Renner? Yeah. Like, it's like, is Hawkeye going to fight? <laughs> right. Right. He, I, he's, a, he's a good looking dude, too. Uh, he's a very good looking dude. Um, yeah, it's wild. He's been in a bunch of movies and TV shows and stuff like that, like recently too, like 2005, 2006, like in the past 20 years, 2011, 2014, uh, crazy. Uh, anyways, uh, Vladimir Zelensky, hello. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, you're probably busy, so you're not listening to this episode and that's okay, but maybe you listen to it later on and that's fine. Uh, uh, also, you're you're welcome on our show at any time. Anytime, literally at any time. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, Matthew dies. Amber's sitting there with her trophy around her neck, covered in blood. And now the movie begins, and it uh, cuts to our actual main character, uh, who is played by uh, Lake Bell. Now, I love Lake Bell. Um, she was in a movie called uh, In a World. 
uh, which was absolutely oh, I fucking that brilliant. Was her. Yeah. That was such a good movie. She was also in a TV series that got canceled. It aired right around the same time as uh, Heroes, and it happened uh, all during the same um, um, like writer strike thing. It was a movie called Surface. Uh, where basically the speaking of cryptids, uh-huh. it was like this giant Loch Ness monster type creature is unearthed, and she's like a marine biologist or something, and she discovers that this is happening, and she's like, "Hey guys, like I'm pretty sure this giant Loch Ness monster is now in the ocean, and there's a lot of them, and they're like really fucking huge." And I think her son ends up with like a an egg of one and a baby of one and is like hanging out with it. It was kind of cute. It was a really cool show. The show's called Surface. It's actually on Hulu. Um, you huh. can watch it. I think there's only like two seasons and it definitely ends in, in a way where you're like, well, but what happens next? Because they definitely did. It's, it's very apparent they did not expect to be canceled. Um, now. Uh, it's a bit of a stretch, but uh, a couple of connections to the uh, other two movies we've done so far this month. Uh, sure. She was uh, she starred uh, in a couple episodes of uh, not start. She was uh, in a couple episodes of New Girl alongside uh, Jake Johnson. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Their characters uh, dated briefly, uh, and she was also in an episode of uh, Mr. Peabody and Sherman as the voice of Mona Lisa. Hey, <laughs> that's funny. Um, but of course, yeah, bunch of uh, bunch of voice work, including uh, most recently the uh, several characters, but important notably Poison Ivy in the Harley Quinn series. Yeah, yeah, I love like, but she's been in really cool things. She was also in um, uh, No Strings Attached and yep. a couple other things. She's she's cool. I love love her to death. Great great actress. Um, we'll watch anything she's in. Um, but yeah, so, so Lake Bell's character is Lauren Gray. So this is the time where Lauren Gray is describing, uh, her as a child and Mm -hmm. she's describing that there was this cryptid who used to visit her at night in Tokyo. And, uh, she talks about how she struggled with bad dreams as a kid, so she couldn't sleep very well. And then this Baku, uh, uh, came and, uh, basically it's a dream eater and it would eat all of her bad dreams and it helped her relax and uh, so she was able to sleep, um, and that made her kind of grow up and, like, learn about and appreciate cryptids. So now she works for the Crypto Zoo, uh, which is basically, uh, they they refer to it as, like, a sanctuary for cryptids, where they have uh, some of the humanoid cryptids are actually, like, work at the uh, Crypto Zoo. Some of them are just, like, features. You know, there's, like, a giant snake, and there's dragons. It is, you know, as Caleb says, very mythological and less, like... There's not a Bigfoot. There's not a Chupacabra. Like, it's not those kind of cryptids. It's like like a Gorgon, you know, and like mm-hmm. uh, a Pan and like all those things. Like, it's, you know, it's very Pan? No, Fawn? Fawn, yeah. Uh, fawn. Yeah, pan, the, pan was a Fawn. Pan, yeah. Midsummer Night Dream, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the half goat uh, person things. Um, yeah, so uh, there's all those sort of mythological creatures there, but they consider it a sanctuary. They rescue them. They bring them there. They can live, you know, some of them are super intelligent, so they can like function in a society. And some of them, as they say, are, are what they refer to as like untamable, um, mm-hmm. like the, the world's largest snake as an example, which is like huge, like yeah. it spans like this whole area, uh, is, is not, a, uh, a tameable creature. There's a dragon that's not tameable and stuff. That, uh, there was also a creature in a cage that we later see like devouring a kraken's intestines, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, called the questing beast. Oh. Which, like, 
That feels like it's like what's that I know from? that I mean I know that there were questing creatures in the Magician series, but I feel like like the questing beast is from some like established fantasy. Yeah, I yeah. But I feel I, like it's it's entirely made up, and maybe or maybe you know maybe it's part of like one of the old hero's journey stories, like a Greek, what? like a is this a Homer and the Odyssey type creature? Yeah, let me see. The questing beast uh, reference in Merlin here. Questing beast uh, or the beast Gladyslant uh, is a cross animal monster appearing in many medieval texts of Arthurian legend and modern works inspired by them. Okay, so okay. that would be what inspired uh, what's his face in the Magician series. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Um, I'm down uh, with Arthur legends. Yeah, like we. Uh, King Arthur is kind of like a um, Robin Hood thing, right? I know this is kind of yeah. a stupid question. Like, Once in Future King is one of my favorite books, but, like, it's fake, right? Like, it wasn't, like, based off a real Arthur or anything. There, yeah, or, I mean, there there are some, um, like, there there are several different theories about who or, like, what actually inspired the, the real Arthur stories, and usually... Uh, Arthur and Robin Hood and other like ancient like un unverified legends like that usually are a composite of a few different people. Sure, uh, if you look, it's really fucking fascinating if you have the interest and time to dig into it. But essentially, there's a few different characters with uh, throughout uh, history of that region uh, of the world that were thought to have inspired pieces of the Arthur legend. Right, and because I mean, like we know for a fact there wasn't a king named Arthur, so like. We yeah. don't, not that we have any record of, yeah. Right, you know, so, like, we know that's not a thing. Yeah, interesting, very interesting. Um, anyway, so uh, so now now the movie really kicks off, right? So we've had that weird uh, intro thing, you know, and she, one of the things, too, is uh, uh, in the very beginning, Amber, when she was roaming around, sees, like, Danger, Crypto Zoo, and it's, like, all, everything's all kind of higgledy-piggledy. Piggledy piggledy. And so now Lauren Gray. So uh, we learned that Lauren Gray's job is to basically uh, hunt down. Well, that's that's kind of a harsh term, but her job is to find and rescue, search and rescue lost cryptids. Her mm -hmm. mission right now is to get the Baku. Now, she's also kind of racing against uh, government agencies and mercenary groups who find cryptids and sell them on the black market or sell them to governments for as bioweapons. And that's uh, one of the things that, like, she's, you know, basically trying to get them so that the government doesn't catch them first. Um, I love this is very like stereotypical like 60s GIs in helicopters accompanied by a sleazy dude named Nick with a handlebar mustache. It's, yeah. I mean, like if anything screams 60s to me, it's that that imagery of of GIs in in like in, like olive colored tank tops and a dude with a handlebar mustache yelling at them. <laughs> Dash Shaw, you got it right. Uh you did your research, Dash. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, off she goes and she ends up getting a, uh, an assistant, uh, by the name of Phoebe, um, mm -hmm. who is played by, uh, Angeliki Papuala, Papuala, sure. Um, Papulia? Papulia, who happens to be a Gorgon, uh, which I thought <laughs> was pretty interesting. Yeah. Again, not not what I would think of as a as a cryptid, but uh, still an, an interesting character. Yeah, uh, and of course she she uses a, a a tranquilizer of some sort to keep her her uh, snakes asleep, uh, so they don't so they don't attack people. And she wears like a shawl and a wig to to cover them, and she has special contacts for her eyes so they don't turn people to stone. Which 
That's some fucking like comic book shit that somebody would be like, oh, we've got these contacts that'll keep you from killing people. I mean, that's straight out of like X Men. That's, that that's is, literally that is Scott Summers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, except he, he wouldn't be able to wear special glasses. He wouldn't be able to wear uh, contacts though, because he would just put them in, and then they would just be it shot just, out <laughs> of his eyes like rockets. <laughs> like, I keep putting the contacts in, and I keep blowing holes in my wall. <laughs> but his glasses, by the way, will stay on perfectly fine. That's oh. that's acceptable. Yeah. No, I, yeah, it's, it's like I love because it's usually this like wraparound visor that you can say like, okay, like it's it's fully enclosed, so like. The blasts are in there, but they're just held in check by this special, like, ruby quartz. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the best we could think of in the, the 60s or whatever. Uh, but then sometimes he just has fucking just prescription sunglasses. Fucking dope-ass sunglasses. And you're like, yeah, that makes sense. And, like, so just, like, just the presence of that material close enough to his eyes just keeps them in check. No, I don't buy it. I don't. Yeah, I mean, there's like, because it's in continuous blast, right? It's nonstop lasers out of his eyes. Well, energy, because it's not a laser. It doesn't burn. It's an energy blast. Yeah. But like, where does it go when it's in the visor? Also, honestly, this has probably been addressed at some point, (laughs) but I feel like the question needs to be asked. How does all that power being somehow channeled from like elsewhere in the universe, like through his eyes, not fucking burn holes in his head? It just blow through his eyelids every time he shuts his eyes, you know? Yeah. Like that is that just like the massive force of all this cosmic energy channel. Like now at, at the very least, he singed his eyelashes off at the I very, mean, like, yeah. you cannot tell me that Scott Summers has functional eyelashes. No. But and you know like what? I bet you constantly he, lives with the smell of singed hair. Yeah. I, he probably has really nice eyelashes, and like that's, that's and that's the rub. That's <laughs> like you telling me that that uh, that his brother Alex Havoc uh, has like a full like bushy chest. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just, like no, I don't buy it. Like Again. gold chains getting lost in its chest. Yeah, like <laughs> it, that's not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Maybe he has a Harry's razor and he shaves it all off so it doesn't get burned. You know who does have glorious chest hair is their dad, who was the uh, the space pirate corsair. Yeah, they always, they, like he always was drawn with a like super deep V pirate like flowy collar shirt I mean, and like of course the like curly like Errol Flynn hair like suave as fuck. You know, and and like the thing is like imagine corsair like going around the world and being you know like going around the universe and being like yeah these are my kids this is uh this is alex uh he's awesome and uh this is alex's brother and uh anyway so alex uh <laughs> d- <laughs> you know, like i can care about scott <laughs> honestly like i feel like like i like the x-men but at this point like Fuck them. Bring me the star jammers in the mcu i know right i want i want the dazzler era yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. Uh, anyways, <laughs> Crypto Zoo. <laughs> what the fuck were we talking? Yeah. Okay. So uh, Lauren and Phoebe are racing to get the Baku before Nicholas, handlebar mustache, ex-military guy. <laughs> Which is his last name is handlebar mustache, ex-military guy. That's Mr. Handlebar Mustache, <laughs> Sergeant Handlebar Mustache, ex-military guy to you. Uh, yeah, and so now we get this, like, journey, these, like, sort of weird, like, they end up going to 
the the fawn's um like palace and it's basically just an orgy uh, yeah. it literally is just an orgy and she you know lauren like steps over and the fawn is kind of like in the know like he's the you know he's the deep spider kind of guy that knows everything that's going on in the cryptid underworld type deal but you know he's definitely Which- playing both sides Voiced by Peter Stormare, who was Godbrand in the Castlevania anime. Yeah. Very, Aww. very recognizable voice. Short-lived Godbrand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Godbrand. As Godbrand could do these things. And then <laughs> Godbrand gets fucking clapped <laughs> <laughs> uh, by some human with a, a leather whip. Um, fucking day ruined. Yeah. Uh, Isaac, right? Isaac's the one who fucks him up. Anyways. Uh, probably. Spoiler. I mean, it's like episode five. So, like, you're... You're already there. Uh, you are several years behind at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, he's like, I don't know. Maybe you should go ask this person. And so they kind of get the runaround. They do end up going to this. Uh, they find this other person named uh, Pliny, who is uh, basically like a it's like a torso and legs. Like it's ever, it's basically a human minus the head. But the it's Krang. But the face is yeah. in the body. Right. But it it's acts like, like a. Like a little kid. I've seen like illustrations of characters like this before, but I don't know that I've ever seen like a defined like creature that's like this, whose face yeah. is in its torso. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen anything that like, yeah, that like portrayed it. Yeah, definitely referenced, but never like, yeah, seen. Uh, agreed. Um, because it's fake. Uh, so. Uh, um, How dare you? I know, I'm ruining days here. Uh, yeah, so, uh, anyways, uh, you know, the the Pliny has seen the Baku and says, like, oh, it was taken to fucking Tennessee or something and something about a black cat, but it's a kid, so it's only speaking in, like, uh, Tennessee, uh, black cat, I don't know, and it's kind of scared. So off they go to Tennessee and for some reason go to a strip club that has like a black cat for a logo. Uh, and they go in and, you know, they're all like, Ooh, we got to go in here and, and, uh, you know, see if they know anything. And it turns out the strip club owner doesn't actually know anything. But while this is happening, they see that there are tanks rolling through the street and it's casually, casually, it's fucking weird. And it's the military guy also on the hunt, uh, for the Baku. And, uh, and eventually, you know, they, they go to a fortune teller and the fortune teller is like, Hey, you know, let me tell your fortune. And then she tells her fortune and she was like, Oh shit, you're here for the fucking elephant thing. Got it. Come on in the back. It's just been chilling here. Mm-hmm. So they find the Baku, they go to rescue it. But of course the military guy comes in, fucks everything up, uh, because the fawn guy betrayed them because duh. And, uh, like that was a very obvious thing that was about to happen. Yeah, it was pretty clear that this guy was was shady and would take uh, take whoever's paying him the most. Yeah, he was double dealing. So um, off they go. Now they're captured. They capture everybody. Uh, we do get a really cool moment where um, uh, the Gorgon, uh, what's her name again? Amber? Phoebe. Phoebe. Where Phoebe is like, she's getting you know like hassled by the by the military guys, and they're like you know have a gun to her, and they're you know like holding her, like putting her arms behind her back, and she was like, "All right, that's it," and pulls off her contacts and like turns a guy to stone, and then kicks him to pieces, and that was really so fucking good. cool. Yeah, loved that. Yeah, and it was awesome. But then it only lasted like a second, and then they smack her down and uh, tie her up and cover her eyes. 
yeah, so that's like the middle of the movie, right? And it's a lot of like the weird psychedelic journey. You know, it is this movie is very psychedelic feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it it it's it's the the aesthetic is consistent. I'll say that, right? Yeah. It is it, it very much. Like, this is very much a film that was like, I'm going to make a a 70s animation style film that harks back to, you know, things like uh, The Last Unicorn and The Wizards and The Hobbit. And it's going to be weird as fuck. And that's the movie I'm going to make. And they did it. Like, Dash Shaw 100% made this movie exactly as it was clear he intended to make. Yeah. It's just weird as shit. Yeah, and like there, there is there is a whole niche of movies like this, and if you like them, then you'll probably like this. You probably like this. Uh, one. You will know exactly what you're getting in for if you watch the trailer of this and you see the animation style. Like, it's it's every bit as trippy and every bit of, as heavy handed with its messaging as as it should be. Uh, I, I say as it should be because like that's that's how this style works, man. Yeah, I, I would say if you're the type of person that. Uh, owns a blacklight still you will like this movie yes if if you have a poster that has black felt on it of a wizard still in your room you You will you will like like this movie movie. like that's that's where we're at okay so i i think you know if you still wear a grateful dead shirt you will like this movie (laughs) if you have anything with a frog giving the peace sign You'll like this you movie. will like this movie a hundred percent. Um, in between bong rips, so uh, <laughs> so finally they get back to the crypto zoo where the military guy's like, "That's it, we're gonna go to the crypto zoo, we're gonna fuck up your shit and take all of your your uh, weirdo creatures." And they get there, and all hell is breaking loose. Right, it's absolute bananas there. All of the creatures <laughs> are you know going going crazy. And, you know, they're they're escaping or they're attacking, you know, the people or whatever. And they're all like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. And huge battle ensues. Cryptids all over the place. Lauren jumps onto a griffin and flies around and, you know, then rides a snake and then, you know, does some shit. And almost everybody dies except for Lauren. And uh, she lets the, there's like these uh, sentient lights uh, that uh, like do a show. She lets them out because she knows that yeah. they're hyper intelligent and they'll lead all the cryptids away uh, to safety. Which so, is a pretty smart strategy. Which is a really smart strategy. So she eventually does this, but here's the thing. We know that Lauren's journey took place over several days, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. She traveled all over the world, right? This this crypto zoo is in California, I think they said, but yeah. she ends up going to like Tennessee and all these other places. When they get to the thing, uh, to the crypto zoo, and all the shit's going crazy, they find Amber, who says, "Last night." my boyfriend and I did this thing. So what we saw in the beginning of the movie and where Amber steps over when they get over the fence and they see that everything's kind of all tore down and stuff, Mm -hmm. that happened as they're like flying, like as the helicopter is flying back to the CryptoZoo after this journey we, we watched with Lauren. So like the timing... It's kind shit of, went down fast. Yeah, it's very, basically. Yeah, so it's basically like Lauren killed the unicorn and the crypto zoo went fucking bonkers. As mm-hmm. uh, or, or Amber killed the unicorn and the crypto zoo went bonkers as Lauren uh, was being flown in by the ex-military guy to to go capture all the cryptos. 
Uh, yeah, and then, you know, they uh, there's a big battle ensues. The Gorgon uh, gets to her snakes, bite people, and cause them to, you know, explode uh, uh, Ricky O style, uh, which is yeah. pretty cool. And <laughs> like, they just hand just like swells up and starts undulating like crazy and she's like it you won't die but you should probably get to a hospital right away <laughs> which is like what are you gonna you like oh i was bit by a snake and they're gonna be like sir your hand is the size of a car <laughs> like, yeah no no it wasn't yeah yeah my, my guy you are you are having a real bad day yeah um yeah and and anyway so so that's that's kind of the end of the movie is you know finally lauren's like um you know no more like she kind of comes to the realization that the cryptids shouldn't have been in this special place they kind of should just be off in the world in their secrets and do what they need to do you know the baku kind of like shows her this in a way and uh off the baku goes and off lauren goes to just live her life and and thus ends our movie and there's there's also the really wild subplot of like the reason that the the military is going after uh, all of these cryptids is of course uh, because as the military goes after anything in movies like this it's to use them as weapons sure but specifically they go after the baku because the baku is a dream eater and now the baku is known for for eating nightmares and like giving people peace from from nightmares it's you now this is a good thing but it can eat any dreams and they reference back to Matt's dream of a world of peace and unity and equality at the beginning. And they're like, well, now we'll use this to, to eat all the dreams of the counterculture and, you know, crush their, their rebellious nature. So they'll stop fighting against the war and we can win this thing. And I'm like, wow, That's, that is, that is a, that is a deep cut. It's like, it's like a really weirdly diabolical plan, but like, I feel like, I feel like this entire movie was written around the idea of someone learning about the Baku and thinking like, what if the military used it to eat our dreams? Yeah. <laughs> like this entire movie exists because someone was stoned on Wikipedia. I a hundred percent guarantee it. hundred <laughs> percent. I, you can't don't get stoned uh, on Wikipedia and then write a movie. That is not how good movies. I mean, in all fairness, Caleb, we are uh, writing another movie based off of a joke. <laughs> We are, and it's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be hilarious. But basically, we were like, you know, it'd be funny, and then we're like, we'll write a whole movie around it. Um, I mean, it worked for Velocipaster. It I think did. It can work for us, and it worked. And that was for a for an autocorrect mistake, which I still don't mm -hmm. believe because I don't think there is ever a way you could accidentally write Velocipaster uh, instead of Velociraptor. Maybe I don't I, know. I have actively typed the word Velocipaster several times, and I'm sure my phone would still be like, that's not real. That's not a word. Yeah, you <laughs> you don't know that. Yeah. Um, yeah, what I, I love uh, when I'm writing in, like, uh, this is why I hate Microsoft Teams, is that I'll write things in Microsoft Teams, and you know how you can, like, right-click to, like, autocorrect? Is, like, sometimes I'll write a word, like, I'll write remember, and it'll be, like, R-E-M-M-E-B-E-R, and I'll right click it and it's like, oh yeah, remember, but I'll write T E H and I'll like, instead of T H E and I'll right click on it. And teams is like, I've never heard of this word in my life. And I'm like, it's, th it's three fucking letters. Like, you know, I mean the, come on. And it's just like, I have no idea what you're saying right now. Like, Jeff Jocks used to sell a t-shirt that just said te on te it because it was his, like one of his characters was known for, for wearing it in uh, the questionable content uh, webcomic. Oh, that's great. 
So you could buy a shirt. This is like black, a white on black, like white letters on, on black cheese. So it just said te. te. Oh, I like that. Uh, yeah. So, uh, crypto zoo. Um, if I were to rewrite this movie, I think I would keep in the anti-government propaganda aspect of it. I think I would make it live action though, but make it not as fucking weird. Cause I feel like a live action version of this movie starring Lake Bell and Michael Sarah going off and finding cryptids, but like do it in a cool, like, you know, uh, Edgar Wright, Judd Apatow comedy style where like all the cryptids are like very humanoid and have personalities. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that would be a really funny movie. I, you know, I, I definitely think that a, a live action of this could do really well. Uh, I definitely see why it was animated. Uh, as soon as I saw what the, the animation style looked like and then saw like the, the subject matter and that they went really all in into featuring as many cryptids as they can. Uh, I'm like, I, I'm not naive enough to think that animation is cheap, but I feel like animating the entire thing is probably less expensive than trying to do really good creature effects. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, yeah, I, I mean, definitely. I mean, this movie, you know, barely made uh, a year's salary on minimum wage. Mm -hmm. uh, so like they definitely didn't get their money back. Uh, seemingly. Uh, I don't know what the budget of this movie was, but it was probably more than our budget. Uh, mm -hmm. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I do understand it. But I think if you gave this movie, if you gave this movie and rewrote it to make it a little more mainstream, uh, you could totally, you know, $20 million, $30 million, make this movie and make it really fucking cool. I think it would yeah. be really cool. I, I would agree. And Michael, by our movie, uh, our budget, you're referring to uh, our short film Somnium, which is currently in fundraising. Is that correct? It is. Yeah. And actually, uh, by the time this episode airs, uh, we will still be in our fundraising, but we are going to begin filming in like a week. Hell Which is yes. really fucking cool. We, uh, by this point, we uh, have lead actors already. We've got our two main characters. We've got all our side characters made. We've got our locations. Um, but we are still accepting donations. So $25 gets you a cool limited edition Somnium shirt. $50 gets you two 16 by 20 limited edition art prints uh, that are absolutely cool, done by uh, the artist Jeremy, Jijit, uh, Jeremy Jijitz. Um, he's uh, uh, a local to Syracuse artist. Uh, he's form and type on Instagram. Um, but these are limited edition numbered and signed uh, uh, art prints. Uh, and then $500 uh, donation gives you, or $75 gets you the posters and the shirt. And $500 gets you the Somnium Pyramid, a replica of the pyramid actually seen in the movie and used in the movie. So a, a prop, a movie prop replica. And uh, if you're, if you're feeling particularly generous and you want to pad out your own IMDb profile, of course <laughs> a, a thousand or more will get you an executive producer credit in addition to all of the above. Uh, and for the, the particularly, uh, affluent and bored, uh, for $10 million in seed funding, I'm looking at you venture cap, uh, capitalists, uh, we will make the company Somnium. Yes. Uh, which is, a, a Somnium is a company that makes an app that, uh, records people's dreams that you can watch like mini movies, kind of like scroll through on, on like a, on an app on your phone and watch people's dreams, watch them like a movie. Wh Wouldn't want to do this. To our knowledge, is not currently possible, but hey, nothing was possible until it was. I mean, for $10 million, I'll make it possible. That's That would be the moment where, like, 
in real life, I would smile and you'd see a little ding ding on my teeth. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I, uh, I saw it. I felt it in my heart, Caleb. Oh, a gleam in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> but that, uh, that link is down below, nightshiftradio.com slash Somnium. Again, still accepting uh, donations. Still get, get that in there now before uh, uh, funding closes, um, which I don't anticipate to happen very soon, but probably in the next couple of weeks by the time you're listening to this episode. Um, so, uh, yeah, so definitely check that out. So, uh, CryptoZoo, should you watch this movie? As mentioned, if you are a fan of that sort of style animation, um, and you like kind of trippy, it, it really, it comes down to the animation. If you, if you dig the animation and if you can tolerate and like the animation, you'll probably like this movie as for the substance of the movie. I think it's, I think the script wise, it's kind of lacking, um, uh, any sort of like, wow, what a great story. I think it's yeah. only cool because of the animation style. Like it, like I, I likened it to wizards earlier. It has nowhere near the impact that a movie made about uh, nuclear Holocaust during the cold war, uh, is going to have, but like, you know, it, it, it still hits. I would say if you have safe and reliable access to psychedelics and that's your jam, uh, take some, wait about an hour or so for it to kick in, put this movie on and enjoy. Uh, otherwise, uh, you have to specifically like this kind of movie. And if you do, you'll enjoy it. If you don't, Probably give it a pass. I mean, I don't know. I'm not your dad. Watch it. I don't fucking care. <laughs> right. Right. I I enjoyed it. It, it was weird as shit, uh, but I enjoyed it. I do not regret that we chose it. Yeah. You know what? And it clocks in at about an hour and a half long. Um, and, you know, most of that is done up with the credits at the end. It's really, I mean, it, Which, it's a short jaunt. If you get like a good high, that'll either feel like three minutes or a week and a half. Uh, and like either way, it's going to be an interesting journey for you. Yeah. 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 Um, but definitely don't go into this movie expecting a lot of Michael Sarah. He is literally no. only in the first five minutes of the movie and then he is no longer in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there it is guys. Crypto zoo. Uh, we've got one more film, uh, for this month, uh, which I can't believe, uh, March is almost over already. This is insane. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, every film we're doing this month is on Hulu and the next movie we're doing is called Judy and punch, uh, which I'm actually super excited for. It looks like such a cool, this is going to be another, like, I feel like is going to be another cool indie darling film. It looks very good. Yeah. So I'm very excited about that. So again, CryptoZoo is on Hulu, as with uh, as was all of the films for this month. Um, so there it is, everyone. Thanks a lot for joining us for this episode. If you have not hit subscribe, make sure to do that. If you're able to, leave a rating and review. And of course, above all else, make sure to share with 100,000 of your closest friends. It's the least you can do. Just minimum. Uh, thanks a lot for joining us, everyone, and we will see you next time. Bye. father's tragic past, hidden in the adventures of a cartoon mouse. A cautionary tale on the dangers of temporal tourism. A woman searching for answers after the death of an old friend. This is the Storyteller series, 
a Night Shift Radio original. Every month, we bring a new short story to life in a full-cast audio drama. We publish a second exclusive story to our online print edition, and we give you a glimpse behind the pages with our author interview series. Subscribe to the Storyteller series wherever you listen to podcasts, and visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.